0: At mile number seven, I started to negotiate with my inner bitch. Never negotiate with your inner bitch. If you negotiate with your inner bitch and choose easy over difficult, you will end up literally killing the beast and letting the bitch run your life. You gotta be a beast at everything. 20 lessons I've learned over 45 years. Hey friends, welcome to The Empire Show. My name is Bedros Koulian, and we're gonna tear it up right now. Listen, man, I got 45 years under my belt, and in that time, I've done a lot of shit. Good shit, bad shit, gotten into trouble, made a lot of money, continue to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, gotten into trouble again, continue to make more money. But I want to talk to you about something, and that is a post that I recently put up on Facebook, and that post was about the 20 life and business lessons I've learned over my 45 years. And I really thought about this because I get a lot of DMs from people watching uh, and following me on, on social media. And I appreciate y'all doing that. But, uh, you know, when people are like, hey, man, I got a question about this. How do I handle this part of my life or that part of my relationship or that part of my business? I'm like, man, you know, let me keep track of that. So, anyway, I came up with 20 things. I think you're going to like it. In fact, I know you are because, well, this post was blowing up. So I've got the post in front of me here, and I'm going to go down the list of 20 lessons that I've discovered over my 45 years. So lesson number one is this, or thing number one is this. Take your girls out on a date. What I mean by that is if you have a little girl, have a weekly or at least every other week date night with your little baby girl like, I started taking Chloe on a date around five years old, man. She's, she's 12 years old now. But at five years old, I started taking her out on weekly dates, and then sometimes it was every other week, and then back to weekly dates again. And guess what? It really helped out in setting her expectations for the future and who she's going to choose as a boyfriend and as a husband. And when I say take your girls out, I mean take your wife out, too. Everybody says they want a great relationship, but no one takes the time to add date night to their calendar. So if you've got a spouse, you might want to consider adding a date night, a consistent day and time, and just add it for the next 12 months. Have it be a reoccurring thing on your calendar. And if you could do that, you're going to have a very happy wife. And... If you're a female entrepreneur, you might end up having a very happy husband. And Here's why I'm going to share this with you. First. Look, as entrepreneurs, we kind of get all worked up and we get excited about our business because, look, man, we are like changing the world, right? And in that process, your business quickly becomes the other woman. And soon your spouse might start feeling a little neglected. Maybe your kids start feeling a little neglected. But if you work them into your calendar first and then build your work calendar around that, The date nights, the times with your son, your daughter, your whatever, then you're gonna rock. So that's thing number one. Thing number two is raise your son to become a modern-day knight. I believe there's not enough men out there who are raising their sons to become modern-day knights. And when I say there's not enough men, well guess what? There's not enough women raising their men, their young men, to become modern-day knights. And I think it's up to us as parents To raise young men to become protectors, to become gentlemen, to open doors, to make eye contact and say hello, to shake hands, to to protect those who can't protect themselves, to leave others better than they found them, to keep their word, to lead when called upon, to follow when needed. Like That's what a modern day night is. I had to learn that because I was not taught that as a young man, so I had to learn that. And I I believe as a byproduct of not being taught how to be a modern day knight, I got into a lot of trouble in my teens and early 20s, like helicopter police chase and home invasion robberies, and those weren't fun. Thankfully, thankfully, when I got in that police helicopter chase, they were very forgiving. Otherwise the entire course of my life could have been different, right? So thing number three is to never seek approval or validation from anyone. Simple as that. Never seek approval or validation from anyone. And here's why. It just looks bad. Whether you're a guy or gal, it doesn't matter. Don't be approval seeking, validation seeking. There's no real value in that. It just makes you look weak. If you're a guy, it makes you look like a little bitch. If you're trying to get someone's attention or impress them, be you and be the best version of you, have a kick-ass business, and you will get their attention, or be a great athlete. Guess what? The best in every category, get attention. And here's what I've noticed. 20 years ago, in my 20s, when I was approval seeking, validation seeking, and I would try to get someone's attention, whenever I got it, I realized it's just shallow, there's nothing there. Most of the people you're trying to get attention from who you think are the big gurus, the big thought leaders? You think they got it all figured out? They don't. I ain't got shit figured out. I'm just 45 years old, so if you're in your 20s, I got two decades on you. If you're in your 30s, I got a decade on you. But guess what? Recently, I had my mentor of 20 years here at the HQ. And in fact, we did an Empire Show episode, and you ought to look for that and watch that. His name is Jim Franco. It's a Jim Franco episode. The dude is 76 years old. He's got 30-some-odd years on me. Like, that man has wisdom. He's got experience. you think he gives a fuck about other people's approval and validation? He doesn't. He was literally on this show saying, B, I've got big brass balls, and I make decisions based on what I feel is right in my gut. I'm like, holy shit. I now have that confidence. But I didn't in my 20s. And so if you're watching or listening to this and you're in your 20s and 30s, I'm telling you right now, man, being approval-seeking, validation-seeking, trying to get the attention of people by way of groveling to them, that's not the way to do it. If you're an athlete, be the best athlete you are or you can be, and you will get their attention. If you're an entrepreneur, be the best entrepreneur you can be, and you will get their attention. Whatever you are, be the best in class. The best person who does Rubik's Cubes, see my son, he does Rubik's Cubes, right? They're called speed cubers. You know, By the way, I don't know if you know this, my son can solve a Rubik's Cube. Or it's actually a speed cube, but it looks like a Rubik's Cube. It's like smooth like butter. It's got magnets, springs, they oil it. It's all this fucking thing. It's like an $80 cube. When I was a kid, those things were like three bucks, right? But uh, it's an $80 cube, and he can solve that in under a minute. Why do I share this with you? Because the guy who can solve it in like seven and a half seconds, he's known as the number one guy in the cubing industry. And if my son can beat his record and go to six seconds in solving a Rubik's Cube, guess what? He'll be known. So I'm like, son, just get better at what you want to get better at. Don't try and get that guy's attention or approval or validation. They will seek you out when you become the best. Thing number three, say what you mean and mean what you say. Being a passive aggressive little baby, again, doesn't look good on anyone. Just say what you mean and mean what you're going to say. That's number four. Thing number five is this, always keep your word. When you make a promise, keep a promise. It's a pretty simple thing, but there used to be a time that people kept their word. Now there's words like, oh, this person's a flake. I got ghosted, right? That fucking word shouldn't even exist, ghosted. Ghost might exist, Casper the Friendly Ghost, right? Ghostbusters, but you got ghosted, right? Meaning someone made plans with you, said they're gonna do something at the last minute, They didn't return your text message or your call, and they just didn't show up. They probably chose the better option. Fuck that. If you made a promise to someone, show up, whether it's I'm going to help you move from your apartment to a house, I'm going to help you fucking unpack something, I'm going to help you figure something out, I'm going to go out with you, we're going to hang out. Even if you get a better option, keep your word. Simple concept. Not a lot of people doing it. Number six. Be who you are in private as you say who you are in public. How often do you meet someone in public and they're charismatic, enthusiastic, well-spoken, put together, you later find out in private they're a shit show, right? And that's important because You got to be the same person in private that you say you are in public. Otherwise, you're a hypocrite. You're a liar. And if you can't do that, how do you expect people to look up to you? Because I mean, if you're watching or listening to the show, then you're probably someone who wants to make a lot of impact, income, and influence, right? What you're really saying, whether you're going to be an entrepreneur or you're going to be the CEO, CFO of a company, a vice president, like you want to be a leader. You want to be a high achiever. Well, guess what? Leaders, they Make a promise and they keep a promise, number one. Number two, they are in private who they say they are in public. Like what you see is what you get. Shouldn't be that difficult. Number seven, be clear on your life's vision, mission, and values. Man, I got to tell you, if you know what your life's vision should be, like if you sat and said, all right, I want this to be my life. Like in my case, I want to have 2,500 Fit Body Boot locations worldwide. Then I'm going to write four more books. I've already written Man Up. I'm going to write four more books over the span of my lifetime. I've got the ideas for the books. It might end up growing into five or six books, right? And I know I want to contribute heavily to Shriner's Children's Hospital, Toys for Tots, and Compassion International. Those are the three charities that I donate money to. And I want to be the number one donator to Shriner's Children's Hospital. Right now, Justin Timberlake is the number one donator. My goal is to be the number one donator to Shriners Children's Hospital. So I have to make enough money through my books, through my coaching, through my franchise, through my supplement company, my software company. All these things have to make me enough money so that I could be the number one donator at Shriners. I could keep buying a quarter million dollars of of toys every Christmas for Toys for Tots and I could keep adopting more kids through Compassion International. As of, as of recording this, I've got 97 kids adopted, my family and I, through Compassion International, and to me, that's not enough. I want 1,000, I want 5,000, I want 10,000 kids adopted where we're helping them through their schooling, through getting them clean food and water, right? And so you really have to have a life's vision, like that's my vision, to make so much money that me and my family live an exceptional, magical life while donating massively to Shriners Children's Hospital, Toys for Tots, and Compassion International. So if I know that's my life's vision, then what is my mission every day? Well, it's probably to keep growing all of my companies, to surround myself with a great team that can help me move the needle, and that is also on the same vision and mission plan as I am. Meaning, they want to make a lot of money, they want to have high standards of living, quality living and experience, and they want to donate to causes To speak to them. That's my mission. Every day to keep selling, keep marketing, keep growing, making more money, and then donating. So then it goes to my values. What are my core values? Simple. Drive change, exceed expectations, and be relentlessly disciplined. That's it. And if I could keep doing that, driving change in my industry, exceeding expectations of my clients, customers, business partners, and friends, and be relentlessly disciplined to stay on track of my mission and vision, no one can tear me away. So think about this, if you don't have your own personal life's vision, mission and values, you're really drifting around life like a rudderless ship and that's kind of dangerous, it's kind of dangerous because if you don't have a mission, someone's gonna give you a mission, which means you're gonna become someone's employee you're going to become someone's cog in a wheel. So have a vision, have a mission, have core values that actually matter, right? Where do we leave off? That was number seven. Number eight, no one owes you anything. Pay your dues and earn it. Simple message. Let's drive that home one more time. No one owes you anything. Pay your dues and earn it. But, Pedros, I started my Instagram account. It's been six months. I only have 800 followers. I paid my dues. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. A decade of grinding, of being in the trenches, of taking shrapnel, of having your body covered with entrepreneurial scars, of lessons, of failure, of poor relationships with business partners, of uh, borrowing money and being so upside down financially, sleeping on a couch, sleeping in the back of a Toyota pickup like I did. Sleeping wherever you can sleep, because there ain't no fucking bed around. That is paying your dues. Have you paid your dues for a decade? I doubt it. You deserve to have an exceptional life? I doubt it. So no one owes you anything, man. The sooner you accept that, the quicker you'll realize you're going to do the work, you're going to pay your dues, and you're going to earn it. Number nine, be good at solving problems making decisions and communicating your thoughts. Like if you want to be a great entrepreneur, if you want to be a great leader, if you want to be someone who is a high achiever in life, that's what you have to do. You have to be good at solving problems. The best businesses I know end up solving the most sophisticated problems. Think about that. All a business is, is a solution to a problem. And the more complicated problem you can solve, the more money you will make. Doesn't that make sense? And if you can communicate your message, the more leads and and, and clients and customers you'll attract. And if you can make faster decisions and better decisions, you will move faster than your competitors. And so it just makes sense, right? Makes sense to solve problems, communicate clearly, and be decisive. Number 10, come with a giving hand and with gratitude and humility. That's it. Come as a servant leader. Come with a giving hand and with gratitude and humility. Not enough of that going around these days. Number 11, be kind, be gentle, be courteous, but always have a plan to fuck a motherfucker up. And here's what I mean by that. Look, man, I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to come as a servant leader. I want to serve and come to you with no expectations. But man, if you're a threat to me, my family, to the people that I love, I ain't dumb. I got to fuck you up. And I'll give you a great example. A few years ago, my family and I, we were flying back from, from Maui. The plane was about one hour into the flight. We're over the mighty Pacific Ocean, 35,000 feet up in the air, me, the wife, and the two kids, right? It was one of those big jumbo planes where it's got like the massive first class. And you know we're, we're, we're kind of in the back of the first class. There's about five or six rows ahead of us, and then the cockpit. And then I see that this dude is going nuts, up front and to the left. And he's hitting the guy's seat in front of him. And he's doing the gun gesture. And so the flight attendants go up to him, and they're like, sir, what's going on? Now there's a big circle opened up around them. No one wants to be around this guy. He's foaming at the mouth. He's going nuts, man. The wife and I look at each other like, oh, shit. What the hell? I go on so many business trips and nothing ever happens. And here I am, I got my family on a plane, and this dude's going nuts. So I see the flight attendants go to the back of the plane, and they're walking down my side of the aisle with two zip ties interlinked together. And as they pass me, I stop them and I say, hey, where are you guys going with that? They go, well, we're going to restrain that guy. I said, is there anything I can do to help? They said, well, we have to voluntarily ask him to put these on. And I look at the guy, and he's going berserk. He's going nuts at this point. So I look at the guy sitting behind my wife, and we kind of make eye contact, and we nod to each other like, all right, shit's going to go down. We got this, right? And I'm thinking this is post-9-11, so clearly, like, we're all going to dogpile on this guy. And so the flight attendants go kind of cut in front of this guy to keep, you know, keep some barrier between him and the cockpit And I could see them with gesturing like, sir, you have to put these on. And he's just freaking out and yelling and threatening everybody's safety. And the lady, the flight attendant, looks up towards me. She's like, help. And she starts screaming, you got to come over, help. So I get up and I'm thinking everyone else is going to get up. It was just me and that other guy. We haul ass. And as I cut in front of him, he goes to push me. And I just duck out of the way, move his arms and get him in a rear naked chokehold. As it turns out, I was doing one of my six week challenges right before that. And I was working with Aaron Weatherspoon, who at the time was a king of the cage fighter. And so I was really going learning MMA, right, for six weeks. And the two chokeholds he had taught me was the guillotine chokehold and the rear naked chokehold. And as it turns out, it worked. So we put this guy in a chokehold. The other guy got the zip ties and we zip tied him up. But you always got to be prepared to fuck a motherfucker up. But you should always show up as a gentleman. Be gentle, be courteous, be kind, but be ready to kill someone because you never know, man. People are fucked up. Number 12, have high standards of expectations for yourself and the circle that you run with. Listen, the circle that you run with might have someone that wants to pull your standards of expectations down. You need to have high standards of expectations and you need to be the barometer that everyone needs to climb up to. Does that make sense? You can't come down to their level. You need to be the one that everyone needs to climb up to. Have high standards of expectations for yourself and everything. Health, fitness, mindset, and your relationship. Like, you better make sure your spouse is a fucking badass, right? And then you better be a badass spouse. You better be a badass father, a badass business partner. You better be a badass fucking customer. When I walk into a store, I buy everything. Especially if the salesperson's good. Like, I will buy a lot of shit. Like, you gotta have high standards for everything. My cars are always clean, my clothes are always clean, I'm never disheveled, I'm mentally wired now to be high standards in everything. I like eating at highfalutin restaurants, private jets, first class flights, five star hotels, amazing resorts all over the world. And I expect the people around me to have those type of standards. You should too. Number 13, make a shit ton of money because in life you're going to need a lot more money than you think. Simple as that. Number 14, don't make any permanent decisions on temporary feelings, right? Listen, man, you're human. Shit's going to go wrong. As my friend and and retired Navy SEAL Jason Redmond says, he's like, hey, look, In life, there's gonna be five to seven life ambushes that you're gonna have to deal with. It could be a death of a family member, like a sudden death of a family member. It could be like, hey, I want a divorce. It could be your business has gone bankrupt and you didn't even know it. By the time you know it, it's too late to save it. You are gonna deal with a life ambush and that life ambush might make you emotional, but do not make any permanent decisions in an emotional state on temporary feelings because if you make a permanent decision on temporary feelings, when those temporary feelings go away, What you said, what you did, you likely cannot take away. You might be able to apologize for it, but it will always leave a ghost scar. So don't make permanent decisions on temporary feelings. Number 15, stay physically fit, mentally tough, and emotionally resilient. Look, my goal is to live to 100 years of sound body and mind. For that to happen, I have to stay physically fit. So I eat healthy, surround myself with quality people, filter all my thoughts, don't watch the news because I don't believe in negative bullshit that they spew out anyway. Don't watch a lot of TV at all, actually. I don't have a TV. I do have a TV, but it's connected to Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. That's it. My kids have never been inside. i got a 12-year-old and a 14-year-old. They've never been inside of a McDonald's because they've never seen a McDonald's commercial. We drive by one, they go, what's that? I go, that's the devil, right? But it's like two beautiful golden arches. I know, that's the devil my kids have never been inside one and they don't care to be inside one because they haven't been brainwashed by the media. Why do I share this with you? Because you have to stay physically fit. I need my kids to be physically fit. They need to live to 150 years old so they can have bigger impact, have more influence in the society, even make more money and donate that money back, right? So you got to stay physically fit, mentally tough, emotionally resilient. Number 16, show respect to others and demand respect back. When I said this on stage one time, somebody goes, Afterwards, during the meet and greet, they go, hey, I mean, I, I, I get showing respect to others. But when you said demand respect back, like, what did you, like, grab by the collar, like, hey, you better fucking respect me? No, man. If you are constantly respectful, if you show up with humility, if you are kind, if you are a servant leader, if you ask about them instead of vomiting at the mouth about you, that's being respectful. And through those actions, you are demanding respect from them. There's no way someone can't respect you if you are respectful, kind, thoughtful towards them, right? And that's what I mean by demanding respect back. Now, from time to time, you are gonna meet some jerk who even though you're kind and humble and thoughtful and caring, and you ask about them and don't vomit about you, they just don't know how to show respect. Then you have to have enough respect in yourself to walk away from that asshole. And that's what I mean about demanding respect back. I'm not talking about grabbing them by the throat and saying, you respect me or I'll choke you, right? Probably a bad idea. Number 17, don't lie, don't gossip, don't spread rumors or get jealous of other people's success. If you lie, you gossip and you spread rumors and you're jealous of other people's success, man, that makes you a little bitch. Nobody wants to hang out with a little bitch, I sure don't. Number 18, regularly challenge yourself. Test your physical and mental strength. Never peak in life. The best is yet to come. So many people have peaked in college. They peaked in high school when they were the fucking quarterback, like Al Bundy, right? You're like, who's Al Bundy? Go Google Married with Children, right? It was a little sitcom back in the early 90s, and Al Bundy, he went to Polk High School, and... Uh, well, his claim to fame was some massive touchdown that he did. And that was the peak in his life. After that, it was just all shit, right? Listen, you're never going to peak. Like, live the kind of life where, where you're constantly challenging yourself, learning new stuff. You always hearing me talking about the six-week challenges that I do. I trained for six weeks, ran a marathon. I trained for six weeks in jiu-jitsu and learned how to, how to fucking roll and grapple. I learned for six weeks... And with MMA, learned how to take a punch and deliver a punch and, and the Muay Thai clench and deliver knees and move fast, learned how to surf, learned how to rock climb. Why do I share this with you? I just keep wanting to learn. And if I keep wanting to learn, the best version of me is always out there. It's always past me, right? I don't ever want to surpass myself. Like, think about that. I'm 45. What if, what if like this is the year that I stopped growing? But I turned 55, 65, 75, now I'm bitter. Now I hate life because, well, my best days were behind me. And so I'm always going to train hard, be mentally tough, emotionally resilient, always test myself because I do not want to peak because I know the best version of me is still around the corner to come. Number 19, never negotiate with your inner bitch. You got to be a beast at everything. Think about this. I was just talking about, you know, training for six weeks and running a marathon. I weigh 220 pounds. I'm not necessarily a long distance, 26.2 mile marathon runner. It's for that reason I said, fuck that. I'm not gonna keep myself in that box of, well, I don't know how to run a marathon. I'm not designed to run long distance, so I'm just gonna keep lifting weights. Fuck that, I can do anything I want. So I hired a running coach, and I said, hey, I need you to train me for six weeks, give me like running protocols, and then at the end of six weeks, I'm gonna go run the San Diego Rock and Roll Marathon. And she did, she gave me the routine to follow, and I just followed it, and before I know it, I'm running four miles, and the next night, I'm running five miles, and I take a day off, and then I run seven miles, and then I take a day off, and then I run eight miles, and I take a day, whatever, right? Before I know it, I ran a marathon in six weeks. But in that time, Of Training for that marathon there were days that I wanted to quit if I had to do a 10-mile run today at mile number seven I started to negotiate with my inner bitch like dude, why are you doing this your knees hurt your ankles hurt? This sucks. This is not as fun as lifting when you're in an air-conditioned room moving a whole bunch of weight This is you lumbering along like a giant fucking woolly mammoth You were not meant to run and I would just negotiate with myself. I was like, you know, you could just fake an injury and tell, uh, tell the coach, like, you know, I pulled something, I can't run the marathon, and just pull out of it. No one's going to know. It's not like I publicly announce my big six-week challenges. I always talk about it after the fact. So you guys weren't going to know. But guess who would know? Me. I would know that I lost credibility with myself. As my friend Tom Bilyeu says, the moment you lose credibility with yourself, you've lost all confidence. And so if you negotiate with your inner bitch and choose easy over difficult, you will end up literally killing the beast and letting the bitch run your life. Think about that. And number 20, last but not least, leadership is always the problem and leadership is the solution. I don't know what problem you're having in your life, in your business, in your relationship, in your health, but I can tell you this, it's leadership based. You don't have a marketing problem. You have a leadership problem. If you have a business and you think you just need more leads, then as a leader, you should find someone who knows how to drive leads from Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, fucking pay-per-click ads, search engine optimization, right? As a leader, you need to find the solution. This is why leadership is the problem. Leadership is a solution. And you're like, but I can't afford a traffic buyer. I can't afford someone to go do that for me. Then you better lead yourself into learning how. If you don't, it's your fault. Which means what? It's the leader's fault. Leadership is always the problem, leadership is always the solution, and if you accept that, you're never gonna have a marketing problem, a sales problem, because look, if you have a sales problem, oh my God, I need a better salesperson. Go find the better salesperson. An effective leader goes and finds the salesperson, sells them on his or her vision, compensates them enough to wanna stay and sell, and then what about if you have a retention problem? Guess what? A good leader figures out how to fix the retention problem. But now i got a tax problem. A good leader figures out smart tax shelters. Leadership is always a problem. Leadership is always a solution in your family, in your fitness, in your finances, in your faith. And if you can live by those 20 rules, man, I'm telling you, you're going to have a good life. And if And if you're 20 years old, 25, 30, 35 years old, 40 years old, well, man, you're learning all these things before me, because I'm 45 and this is what I know. Now, I wonder when you double that 45 and I'm 90 years old, how long this list will be. I can tell you this, at 90, I'll still be around doing this. The list might be 100 100 bullet points long, but it's because I'll have experienced more, I'll have gained more wisdom, and I'll have certainly suffered a lot more losses, adversities, tragedies, but I will be up and I'll be fighting. Listen, if you enjoyed this episode of The Empire Show, please do me a favor, tag someone, share it with someone, tell them to subscribe to The Empire Show, leave us a five-star review, leave us a comment, and I share that with you because, look, we don't do this to monetize, we've got no, no advertising on this show, we'll never have advertising on this show, we're not here to pitch you on this or pitch you on that, I'm here to pay it forward, just like Jim Franco, my mentor, mentored me, right? And this is how I get to mentor the masses. When he was mentoring me 20 years ago, there was no social media. Today, there is. So he wasn't able to impact a lot of people, but he was able to impact this one young man 20 years ago. Today, through social media, I get to impact you. Hundreds, thousands of people. And all I ask, is that you share this podcast with one person. Tag them, get them to subscribe, leave a five-star review. A comment would be great, and I appreciate you. Have a good one.